Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode 80 with Bill George. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me Bill George. And Bill George is the former Medtronic CEO and the current senior fellow at the Harvard Business School, best-selling author of Authentic Leadership and the True North book series. Uh, Bill's latest book, Discover Your True North, is launching today, actually, on the 17th of August. Bill appears as a regular contributor to um, CNBC and sits on the boards of Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, Target, Novartis, and Mayo Clinic is credited with having popularized the phrase authentic leadership to describe CEOs who are consistent and true to themselves as leaders. In fact, Bill here is known as the CEO Whisperer. So, welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you, Teo. Glad to be with you. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you on here. And, um, yeah, I just I did a little intro about you, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to to writing all these great books and basically how your career led you to here. Well, I assure you, I didn't start out as a writer. I went to uh, <laughs> Georgia Tech to engineering school and then went to get an MBA because I thought I wanted to be, and I did want to be, in high-tech companies, industrial companies, and figured that was the best route to management and had the privilege of doing well in several early jobs with Linden Industries and Honeywell and eventually got to uh, Medtronic's doorstep where I had the, uh, the best 13 years in my professional career and was lucky enough to be named CEO back in 1991 and put a 10-year limit on being CEO because I felt in those days CEOs were staying too long right. and that any high-tech organization needs some leadership uh, every decade, particularly with people that come from the outside like myself. Hmm. Uh, so I held to that date right to the day, May 1st, 2001. And, uh, you know, when you're CEO, you're kind of all in. It's 24-7. So I hadn't even thought about what I'm going to do next. So I went on a kind of a working sabbatical, a wilderness experience in uh, 
in Switzerland to teach at a couple institutes to see if I could teach. And uh, got involved and started doing some writing. And uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last 12 years. Yeah, uh, it's been amazing since then, I see. Yeah, so I've had the privilege of being at Harvard Business School now. I'm on my 12th year and I uh, feel very fortunate uh, to do this. And uh, I'm very passionate about leadership. And I decided what, really, what really makes a difference in our society, our leaders at all levels, nonprofits, for-profits, I would say government, although I'm discouraged about political leadership and don't know much about that. Uh, but I think what we need are real, genuine, authentic leaders, not people with, that are just uh, figureheads or charisma imposters or work on style with people who are real. And I think that's what people are looking for today, particularly millennials. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a millennial myself, and the media company I have, UID, the mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And um, what we try to focus on is is building the next set of global leaders because, we, we, like you said, we are the next set of leaders. And I'm always curious about tackling topics, uh, especially particularly to global leadership. And, you know, one of the things we say, it's communicating across colleges and thinking outside the box. So, I'm you know, I'm particularly excited to have you on here, uh, Bill. But you have two catchphrases, um, authentic leadership and true north. And I was reading, I was reading uh, some of your book earlier. Thanks for sending that over. And I'm very curious if you could explain the concept behind that because I know you have a series on, on um, you know, the True Not series, but I'm curious about how you came across or well, how you discovered these terms and what they particularly mean to you. I wrote my first book back in 2003 because honestly, Dale, I was turned off my own generation leadership. You recall way back then we had the Enron, what I call the corporate crisis, Enron, WorldCom, and some 200 companies that had major uh, accounting, uh, if you will, adjustments. We would call it fraud today, but we call them adjustments. Some of them in the billions of dollars. And I said, what happened to my generation of leaders? We're killing the goose that laid the golden egg. And I think it got to be the me generation. Uh, I'm pleased to see the millennials are moving to the we generation, but it got to be the me generation. So I said, you know, leadership is not about charisma. It's not about, you know, the qualities you have. It's about who you are as a human being. You know, it's not about having certain style or anything like that. There's no one ideal style. You have to be who you are. I love your phrase about differences. That's what makes you unique. Each right. person, I'm unique, you're unique. Each person is unique, and we carry that through in our leadership because people know who's authentic and who's not. You can tell, you could, you could tell a phony in the first uh, 60 seconds you meet him. And why do you want to deal with phonies? You want to deal with the real person. Okay. I did some things wrong in my life. I made some mistakes. You know, I have some weaknesses. Of course you do. We all do. You know, this is human nature. We're all human beings. And uh, and I think we, we connect through our hearts, not through our heads. We connect through our vulnerabilities and who we are as people. And so what we learned is people want to share who they are. And it came down to a number of people said, you know, I'm kind of guided by kind of an inner compass. Some of them call it an inner moral compass. But that kind of thing inside me which says, this is right, that's wrong. And a couple of them used the phrase true north, so we decided to pick that up and say, what is your true north? Your true north is your most deeply held beliefs, the values you live your life by, and the principles you lead by. And if you can stay on course of that, you know, it's not about what somebody else believes, it's not about somebody else's values, it's not about adopting your values to somebody else. It's about what who you are and what you believe, what your values are. And if you can be true to that when you lead people, 
uh, consistent with your values. You can't preach one set of values and do something else yourself. So that's your true north. Hmm. And uh, I think if we can stay on course of that, first of all, figure out what it is. That's the idea to discover your true north. And then stay on course because we get pulled off uh, by uh, pressures uh, or seductions, money, fame, and power. It's very easy to pull us off course and start chasing uh, those external uh, accomplishments rather than being true to who you are. Absolutely. No, and then to, to touch on that, in, you, in True North, you discuss targeted exercises that help leaders hone in on, on the purpose of the leadership to develop these skills. Or what are some of those uh, exercises that they can do, um, that they can practice, actually? Well, it starts by telling your life story. That really is the essence of who you are. Hmm. Where did you grow up? Who influenced you early in your life? What were the major experiences you had? What shaped you as the person you are today? What people and events and what what inspired you to do what you're doing today? Hmm. And then uh, processing times, that, the most difficult times you had, what we call crucibles. We've got a whole chapter on crucibles. Yeah. And these are the times that we really figure it out. You know, when, when everything's going your way, you kind of think you're better than you are. And when things aren't going your way, you get down to, hey, what's important to me in my life? Okay, yeah. hey, this didn't work out, or I felt uncomfortable in this environment. I want to do this, or I failed at this, but that didn't mean I'm failed as a person. I was just in the wrong place. So you process those crucibles, and a lot of people get held back by them. They feel they're victims. They feel like uh, this... Uh, is holding me back, but that really becomes the essence of who you are. You mentioned living in five countries. Wow, that's a real statement. That surely shaped you in many ways and the experiences you had in dealing with different cultures, different nationalities, different values, helped shape who the person you are today. And that's the whole essence of understanding your true north. Absolutely. I know it's funny that you say that because you said Experiences that you've had that shaped uh, and you know, shaped your life. I remember as, in, as a seventh, eighth grader reading one of Nelson Mandela's books, and that was one of my first. You know, Nelson Mandela. I always say, uh, "Rest in peace." Is, is you know, first guy that really, really influenced me, and and Oprah as well, because I'm very into the media, and I, I was really. You were talking about authentic. I was really interested in how she got people to tell the stories to the to be the best versions of who they were. But it was it was reading Nelson Mandela's book. Coming back to from school, I was living in Burkina Faso at the time, so the time difference is different. And now um, Oprah Winfrey show played after we came back from school, and just seeing all these stories and how she got people to to, to you know to show to work through differences or or adversity. And then fast forward to you know to moving to the states, it was just Ariana Huffington, and she had a book thrive. She just had a conference, and I sort of followed what she did with Huffington Post, and I decided you know I could do something similar. So it's it's whenever I go back and I'm listening to what you say, there's several experiences across the several countries that I grew up in that just you know they just stuck with me and made me like realize this is something that I wanted to do. So that's very very interesting. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad you brought up Mandela. Uh, My opinion. Uh, he's the most amazing. He was the most amazing leader in my lifetime. I did have the privilege of spending 15 minutes alone with him once, which was like a great gift. Oh my know, goodness! <laughs> I feature him in uh, chapter nine, the journey from I to we, because if you study his history closely, uh, as a young man, he was angry for good reason. Yeah. I mean, you look what the uh, 
what what was going on with the Afrikaners in South Africa, anyone would be angry. Right. And he led the movement at the ANC, the African National Congress, the youth movement, and a lot of the people that have been transformed South Africa came out of that youth group, uh, youth movement of the ANC. Yeah, and uh, you know, but then he went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. Can you imagine spending 27 years of your adult life, from 44 to 71, in prison, yeah. being brutalized? Everyone said, oh, he had it easy. He didn't have it easy. You know, he's working on the chain gang, man, and he was chopping rocks and stuff like that. He had it tough, and it was tough on his health and everything else. Yet he persevered, but he came out of there saying, you know, I just don't want to see go from white rule to black rule. I want to see South Africa be for all the people of South Africa. We're South Africans first. And we need to put that first. And he went back and forgave the clerk and his uh, the judge who committed him and his guards. I mean, this is an amazing man. I mean, wow, he's a great spiritual moral leader, in my opinion. We could all learn from him. Oh, yeah. No, you're speaking my language, and that you just became my new favorite person, Bill. But uh, <laughs> because that's exactly what I say. He's he spent time in prison for longer than I've been alive. I've always, I always say this, and every time I feel like. I'm getting into that trap where, you know, I feel like, ah, oh, something's wrong. I, nothing's always working. I just think about some of the things Mandela went through. You said I to we. He was very, you know, he was, you know, you had the right to be angry. There was that apartheid. And then you came out, you, and, you know, many people will be like, ah, I'm going to get these guys back. No, 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 no. But then he came out and he was such a symbol of, of unity and hope and, 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 and just, and, and it wasn't just even South Africa. I'm Nigerian. So, you know, I thought that as, as a West African. And uh, yeah. so you, you thought, you know, they call him the father of Africa, but just because of the impact he had and you're American and you felt his impact as well. And it was more of a, you know, a global ambassador. That, and when I was saying that resonated with me is, you know, I grew up as a diplomatic kid, um, always growing up in different cultures, having to fit in. And I was thinking, you know, if one day if I would hope to influence as many people as he did, just because I think growing up in many countries you get to see all these little uh, things that could be done better and and you would hope to be a beacon in some way so um i am so with you so nelson mandela yeah i just follow up on that 1981 i went for the first time to south africa and i can tell you i was extremely conflicted there Hmm. saw this beautiful country you go up to table mountain in cape town you see the indian ocean coming out of the atlantic it's one of the most beautiful places people are beautiful I heard Ladysmith Black Mombazo perform at a concert. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Right. And But they're tearing it apart. They're destroying the very place that, you know, the creator gave them. And, and everyone thought for sure it was going to civil war. I can tell you, everyone thought we we're going to have civil war before this is all over. Mandela stopped it. By the way, I also had an opportunity a number of years ago, about seven or eight years ago, to go to the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony. Uh, in Oslo, Norway, Wantari uh, Matai won the Nobel Peace Prize. But I was seated at dinner the night before next to Oprah, who I'd never met before. Oh, wow. And I had three hours of dinner with her. And, you know, she's a celebrity. I'm nothing. But they're coming up, taking pictures. She's totally ignoring him. She didn't even talk to the person on her right. We spent three hours talking, and she's telling me how passionate she is about helping girls in, in Africa, her books for Africa. And she told me her whole story. She's so open about the sexual abuse and what she went through and how she found her authenticity through that and how she wants that for everyone else. And so that's why I featured her in the book because she's an amazingly authentic person. And I think, frankly, 
as she tells her story, she became much more authentic as she got really in touch with the fact that she was a victim. I think for a while she thought, well, maybe I did something wrong. Then she realized, no, I was a victim. She was victimized. we got to say, she's a little girl. She's 11, 12 years old. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing woman and what she's done. There's no media person that's done what she's done in our lifetime. Name anyone that's done what she has done. No, no one, one at all. No one. And it's, it, it's so funny. Now, I'm going through the book and I haven't, I haven't gotten to those parts yet. But those are those two that stuck with me and shaped my life. And you just said it yourself. And, you know, I, I didn't even put, you know, authentic leadership or true north, true north in my, you know, I didn't come up with that. But it's that's why I love, you know, when I was reading your, your, your history and listening to some of your, your talks. Uh, and your segments was like you know you have a way of articulating this that it just makes sense and it's, it's making sense as I'm putting the pieces together right there on the interview with you so I am definitely getting more excited who, who are more uh, examples so let's start with historical then go to present day I know we mentioned the late Nelson Mandela but who else would you think uh, historically first is, is a great example of uh, an authentic leader but you want to go way back in history Abraham Lincoln he would be my number one role model. Okay? Hey, hey babe. <laughs> he, okay, but it wasn't so easy. You know, he's got these dual objectives. He wants to save the nation and he wants to free the slave. And it's just not so easy. He didn't, it wasn't like a piece of cake. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He was losing the war, too. I mean, this guy hung in there and he had incredible judgment about things. But he was a great, authentic human being. I used to read about him in books when I was like eight, nine years old, you know? And uh, I learned lessons from him, you know, from his books about him when I was nine years old. I still remember him. So I would certainly put him in that category. I'm sorry that President Kennedy got shot. He could have maybe been that. Uh, uh, Martin Luther King is certainly one of the great leaders of our lifetime. Right. Another incredible tragedy that, uh, what is it, why do the good die young? But, you know, what, you know, this is just terrible. Yeah. But a great spiritual, moral leader that spoke to people regardless of the color of their skin yeah. and willing to take on things that are fundamentally wrong 
and uh, and so I, you know, those two people historically, in addition to Lincoln, really stand out for me. No, I love it. Yeah, content of our character, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> and he inspired. I can tell you, it wasn't just African Americans. He inspired. He inspired a whole nation, the whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't wrong about what he did either. So he, they got after him about criticizing Vietnam, but he wasn't wrong about that. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And um, what about uh, present day? Present day examples. Well, we have some great leaders today. I'm trying to, I, I think that, you know, we have examples of really bad leaders, like this guy, Donald Trump. And unfortunately, <laughs> they're the ones that get all the media attention. You know? I mean, he, he was a bad leader when he was in business, you know? Well, he is. Okay, he's corrupt. But, you know, but today, uh, there are some really great leaders. And I am and just pleased to have the privilege to talk to some of these people. Some of them, people, some of them are well-known, like Paul Pullman of Unilever or Jack Ma of China. There's a guy that's not as well-known, amazing guy. He's got to know him. We serve on the Exxon board together, a man named Ken Frazier. Ken is the CEO of Merck. Now you say, hey, this guy's got it made, leading the world's leading pharmaceutical company. Can I tell you, Ken Frazier's grandfather is a slave. Okay. Wow. So he do the math. It's a pretty amazing story, and he is still carrying on, as he says, the narrative started by his grandfather of being your own person and doing the right thing and making a difference in the world. He's changed what he's doing. He's doing it in terms of trying to cure a disease, but he is an amazing human being, and I've gotten and had the privilege of getting to know him. I just think he's fantastic. Another one who's doing a fantastic job is Indra Nui, the CEO of PepsiCo. Indra was born in India, came here, and just done an amazing job in leading PepsiCo under huge criticism, uh, a takeover attempt from Nelson Peltz, yet she stayed the course and is converting her company from you know, high-fat foods and sugar-based drinks to healthy foods and beverages, okay. and a visionary leader. So those are a couple. I could keep going, give you many, yeah. many more. No, no, I, no, those are good examples. I, you know, I think for me, like you said, the many types of re- uh, leaders, for me, the type of leaders that I resonate with are the visionary ones, uh, the ones that are even sometimes there to think outside the box. Uh, you know, sometimes you can, you can, I don't know if you agree with this, but sometimes you could throw like Sir Richard Branson in there or, some, or Elon Musk, some of these people that, are, you know, they come out out the box with some weird idea. Yeah. And like you know, initially you're like, how did that even work? And then when it actually works, you're like, why didn't I think of that? But the way they piece that together, oh, yeah. No, these people like I had a breakfast I hosted for uh, Jack Ma and Davos, the World Economic Forum in January, and one of the people who came, Richard Branson. There are only twelve people there, fourteen people there, so it's a pretty small group. He yeah. is amazing, you know. And uh, I think it's remarkable. I'll tell you another remarkable leader is uh, a guy came to my class. He's now a young global leader of the World Economic Forum, a guy named John Hope Bryan. Hmm. John, is, and we were talking about crucibles. He said, you know, I'm a former homeless man. And I was homeless for six months. It was my own fault. I had to live in my truck for six months. And uh, this guy has raised $500 million to uh, try to bring financial literacy into the inner city and to help the poor. Wow. And he amazing guy heads up an organization called operation hope and he wrote a book how the poor can save capitalism he, he just got an amazing perspective a great human being and uh, he was very closely associated with dr king's associates uh, andrew young and others but oh, I've got uh, it. yeah i've got to check it out 
maybe never heard of this guy. I tell you, he deserves to be heard of. He's just an amazing uh, leader and come from nothing. The guy had nothing, you know? You know, and look what he's done because yeah. he has a passion to do it. Literally, he's the kind of leader I admire. No, nah, no, nah, I'm definitely going to check him out because I love stories like that. And you mentioned Jack Ma. I love Jack Ma. Jack Ma is another one. Speaking of Jack Ma, who comes from, um, uh, who, yeah, you know, China and, you know, Alibaba and all that, how would you say the global i know you have a chapter dedicated global leadership what is your opinion of global leadership and how can that happen that's that's a particular focus of a lot of people on the podcast because they you know a lot of them are identified with several cultures and sometimes i went through this where i was trying to find my place i was like where am i like i'm i was put in this like four continents and i was like trying to discover myself until i became comfortable where i was so what's your opinion on that and how how can one develop those skills well, you, you, you're a living example, Teo, because, you know, today you can't just be American or German or Japanese and take everything you learn in one country and try to impose it on people in another country. I think to really understand, we live in a global world. All business is global today. Whether you think it is or not, all business is global. So to understand the world, you've got to understand the people you're serving. You've got to get out among them. So I think young people that have a privilege of going and living overseas uh, is really important. I didn't have that opportunity. I didn't go overseas until I was 26. But at Harvard Business School now, every single MBA student uh, goes and works in a, in a developing country. It might be Turkey. It might be Vietnam. It uh, might be uh, uh, Ghana. These are the countries they go to. They don't just go to glamorous places like Shanghai or somewhere like that. They're getting on the ground mm-hmm. in real companies in real countries. No, I didn't mean real countries. They're all real countries. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The they're not staying in some five-star hotel. Right. That's my point. Right. And they're learning. And I think I recommend that to all young people because that's like you had to play yourself off against these other cultures. You go live in Sweden. Well, there's not a lot of similarities between Nigeria and Sweden. Not so you got to who am I, you know? You know? And, and so you, put, you rub up against differences and then I start to shape who you are, and you decide what's important to you. And then you learn. We can learn from every. I've never been to a country where I didn't learn an enormous amount about the people. But you only get it. I my first time I went to China in 1984. Get out and live for 10 days out in the countryside, and we're working on a, a, a deal with a chemical company there. But I can tell you, I was going down to the markets and talking to the people to the extent they could talk English. Going and watching school children, just watching how people live, seeing the new. The, the new elite come up, the farmers going to market. And you start to learn a lot about a country like that, uh, much more than you will in uh, sitting in your back in your, your home here or uh, in, in a five-star hotel overseas. True, and, and I think one of the, the tools that helps us is you said we live in the global world, and I completely agree. Also, we also live in a uh, – in- well, millennials are the most diverse generation. We also live in a very digital world. And what digital does is that it makes the world flatter than it has ever been. Um, and depending on how you you can use it for good or bad, you know there are many people who are like you know you were talking about Trump earlier really using his powers for bad. There are many people that can use it for good or bad. Um, but if you use digi- your digital skills, I'm talking to you on Skype here, uh, yeah. and I could talk to anyone, and we have a uh, you know I mean, you can record an interview that's heard in 105 countries. So it's it's I, I think um, it's it's becoming even more global, and we have to be able to tap into that, especially my generation as millennials. Uh, and try and figure out the right vehicles to push out the messages, the stories, the uh, and, and the impact that we want to make. So yeah, these are great vehicles. I mean, we 
until recently, our son and daughter-in-law lived with our, our granddaughters in, in Germany, and we could connect up with them with Skype or, uh, you know, FaceTime, you know, and it's a great way to be in touch. So we have those tools, and it does flatten us so we can be much more in touch and we can understand where people are coming from. And frankly, I think you have to learn to not just accept people's differences, but to actually celebrate them. You know, mm. we've had a mm. lot of, in my lifetime, a tremendous amount of uh, discrimination on the basis of race, religion, gender, mm. national origin. We're still going through that. Yeah. But I tell you, among the millennials, they don't care. They don't care, frankly, what your sexual preference is, what your race is, what your gender. They care about who you are as a person. So I, I think that fits very much in my ideas of being an authentic leader. If we can get to people, hey, you just accept people. This is who I am, man. And, yeah, if I can't accept you for who you are, how can we have a relationship? If yeah, you can't accept yeah. okay, uh, yeah, well, there are differences, but, hey, I, I love that difference. You know, yeah. I celebrate that. I can learn, you know. Exactly. I told you a friend who's a grandfather slave. I can't imagine what it'd be like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And have a father who never went beyond being a janitor. And yet, here the guy went to, he eventually got, got scholarship. He went to Harvard Law School. I mean, you know, how do you get to Harvard Law School? He's a smart guy, but he had to have scholarships, too. But he's transforming the world, you know? Good yeah. for him. No, I agree. Yeah. 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 If he denied his past, you see, some people do that. They kind of deny their past. They say, oh, no, no, I didn't come. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, you did. That's who you are. That's as much a part of you as who you are today, you know? And I think that's so important that we feel we can honor that past by processing and say, okay, maybe I didn't have all the breaks that you did, but, you know, uh, I learned a lot from yeah. these experiences. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. celebrating diversity is so key. What we always say here is, um, you know, we want to, as we need leaders to be able to understand how to communicate across cultures and think outside the box. Because I think it's very, very dangerous if you don't understand what it's like to, to, you know, to celebrate what's unique about people and also learn how to communicate through those things. And I, what I always say is that even though we've advanced technically, sometimes there are some quote-unquote Berlin walls that exist today. Yeah. And I, I call them, some of them, the main ones, stereotypes, where, you know, to me, stereotypes are, I always say, the laziest ways to understand culture because they make assumptions about who you are and what you are without actually knowing who you are and what you are. And what what happens is that you go in there with a pre you know a pre a barrier there without actually getting to to see what's different about them, understand that, and see how that can actually open your mind and give you fresh perspectives. So I think it's very key. I mean, you can make all the advances you want techno- technologically, but if you don't tap into those, you know, we can make the same mistakes. I mean, you can see sometimes you turn on the news and you're like we're still doing this in 2015, <laughs> and well, yeah, we are doing it, but we gotta we. We kind of reject it. Yeah. Now, one of the guys in the book, a very ancient guy, a guy named David Tai. Okay, David was born in, in uh, Vietnam, and but he spent he lived in twelve different places the first two years of his life. He was a boat person. Okay, going from island to island with his parents. You understand this is post Vietnam War. You know he's a guy in his thirties, and they had to escape. To be honest, and uh, and so he wound up in Seattle. And when he was eighteen. He said to, I guess, no, he got it from college. He was 22. And he said to it, Mother, I've got to go back and discover my roots in Vietnam. I'd never been there. His mother said, don't go. You'll never come back. Well, she was right. He never came back. He's now the leading entrepreneur in Thailand. He started a chain of coffee houses. He got a, another chain of noodle houses. He's taken them all over Asia. 
extremely successful person. He met his wife there. Uh, but, you know, it's a very inspiring story. He's a real global leader. But he's also committed to the people of Thailand, even though, you know, he hadn't been there for the first 22 years of his life after he was born. But he's very committed, not, not Thailand, I'm sorry, Vietnam. He's totally committed to the people of Vietnam to make that country great. And this is exactly what Vietnam needs, entrepreneurs, inspired people, you know. So I love to see stories like this. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then um, thank you so much, Bill, for coming on time. But before we, we go, I, I, want you to give the, I want you to give the opportunity to answer two questions. The first one is where can we find out more about your books? How can we support it? And how can we make sure it's, you know, it's seen and, and read by, by millions everywhere? Thank you very much for the question. I have a new website. It's the title of the book, discoveryourtruenorth.org. Okay? So you can go on there and get it. Or uh, you can just push a button and go to Amazon. It tells you a lot about the book right on Amazon.com. Just put it in, Discover Your True North. Uh, okay. So I appreciate your asking. And it'll be in all the Barnes & Noble stories. We have stores. We have a big display starting I think this week or next and so uh, I'd love people to read it. Doesn't do any good to spend a year writing a book to unless people read it. So my whole goal is for people to read the book and because uh, I think uh, I'd love to get their your feedback on it too. Oh I'm sure they really I'm I mean I'm you know I'm I'm already there. So and I really, really love that you said all these things because um, this is what I'm really passionate about and um, uh, and it's, 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 it's great when someone like you who's had experiences can come articulate this and actually help me discover my own true north. So um, I'm very appreciative of that. But um, like I said earlier, the mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. How do you, sir, use your difference to make a difference? Uh, well, what is my difference? Uh, my difference is uh, I think I've tried to have had some real ups and downs as a leader some rough times, but I think I've learned a lot about leadership. And all I'm trying to do is to say, what I was hearing about leadership 10 years ago made no sense to me. I'm trying to say there's another way to lead. You can be who you are. You don't have to be someone else. You can be who you are. And if I can inspire people, particularly uh, people under 40, to use their capabilities, their strengths, their God-given abilities to make a difference in this world, we'll have a lot better world. It's not about just getting rich or aggrandizing yourself, it's really about how you can make a difference and give back and become that we kind of leader. So that's what I'm trying to do right now, and I'm totally passionate about doing it. Oh, well, I love it. I mean, you said it so well, and, and thank you for being an amazing uh, inspiration and using your difference to make a difference. Really can't wait for the, this podcast to get out. I'm going to put it out this week so we can promote it and promote your book, and um, uh, you know, I hope... We can definitely run to each other in the future and talk more about these topics. Thank you so much, and I hope to meet you in person. Me too, me too, me too. Okay. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.